0: Now, I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 13, John chapter 13, the gospel of John chapter 13. If you're not familiar where that is in your bulletin, you will find a page number and a Bible in front of you, and you can turn to that, the gospel of John chapter 13. And I begin reading in verse 1, it was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come. For him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God, and that he was returning to God. So, he got up from the meal No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Well, then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. That was why he said not everyone was clean. When he finished, when he had finished washing their feet, he put it on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. Silence. (laughs) I just find it interesting they didn't have an answer. (laughs) You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, You also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Well, that was awkward, wasn't it? I mean, if you're really following the story, can you imagine after they had their meal and they left and they walked out to the garden, now we're entering into the garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane and, and the Passion, can't you just see a couple of disciples walking along a little distant from Jesus going, wow, that was a little awkward, wasn't it? A little weird when he took his clothes off and, you know, he, hmm, This is one of the most famous things that Jesus ever did. Whether you know a lot or a little about Jesus Christ, you've probably heard the story of him washing his disciples' feet. It's one of the most memorable moments in the life of Christ for us to be learning from and applying to our lives. Certainly, the death of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion shows the greatest act of God-loving man than there ever can be, and that in its significance is more important. But that is what he did for us, and we cannot do that for ourselves. That was substitutionary. This is different because it's exemplary that is, it's meant to show us what we are to do, and frankly, it's a little uncomfortable wouldn't you say? Maybe that's why we've sanitized the pictures of this that we render. I can't find any artistic, or many artistic representations of this that aren't soft and, and, and tender and clothed, He's fully dressed. Every time you see it, you look him up, and he's just... We've sanitized this. And artists don't seem to render this graphically in its nakedness, its self-abasement, its personal humiliation, and for the benefit of each and every person in that room, including the one that would betray him. This is the most realistic image that I found, obviously called Jesus washing feet, thousands of oaks, California, from the gardens of the world. Why is it that this act of Jesus is so poignant and downright uncomfortable? Because of the surprise? I mean, they were in a rented room and they had forgotten to get a servant to wash their feet, and so Jesus did it think they may have been surprised. Is it because of the humility? He's the master. They were the disciples, yet he serves them in such a menial way. Was it because of the teaching, the significance of what he wanted them to understand by this act? And it it wasn't just an object lesson to beat all object lessons. Or was it because of when it happened? Perhaps there was no greater moment in which he needed them to minister to him if he's the one that's ministering to them maybe it's so uncomfortable because it is so applicable. Verse 1 reads that he is about just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that it was time for him, the time had come for him to leave this world, go to the Father, having loved his own where in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. So this is about him and what he's about to accomplish that they can't really fully grasp but then at the very end verse 17 now that you know these things you will be blessed if you do them this is what he wants us to understand and apply to our lives the fact is he prepared us for this we're walking through this concept of what it is to walk humbly and I'm offering some principles and we've spent a couple of weeks looking at what it is to be communal in our service. Now we want to look at what it is to be uncomfortable. And today Jesus prepared us for this so we shouldn't be surprised. Next week we'll learn from Mary more of what it is to serve uncomfortably. Knowing it would be difficult, he prepared us for this. Well, how did he do that? He did this by showing us who we are. And that's in the first half of this passage that I've read. But really, the the whole sense of it is in verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, number one, and that he had come from God and that he was going to God. It's very simple. It's very clear. He knew who he was. This was about identity. Identity. In his identity, there was authority. The Father had put all things under his power. Nothing and no one could change that, including any act so humble that we might think would compromise that. Nothing. He knew who he was. That's about identity. And he knew where he came from, and there is security. He knew that he'd come from God, and he was being accused that he hadn't come from God, that he wasn't who he said he was. But the fact of the matter is no accusation or questioning where he came from could change the truth. The reality was he was sent from the Father to do his bidding, and of that he could be absolutely sure. And then he knew where he was going, and that was freedom. He was returning to God. When all was said and done, he would return to the rightful place that is his at the right hand of the Father. There is great freedom in knowing this in the presence of those who doubt and question or desire to harm you. There's a principle here. Very simple. You serve out of your identity, not your insecurity. What do I mean? We do things for others, don't we, to get something. Oftentimes we serve because we believe there ought to be a natural benefit to that. Oh, and God rewards it, but is that why we should do it? We do things so that others will think better of us, We do things because we simply want to think better of ourselves. Our self-worth is strengthened or sustained because we know we're doing something for someone else. And it's not the act of serving that's wrong. It's the reason for which we're doing it. Serving out of insecurity creates all kinds of problems, doesn't it? People-pleasing, no boundaries, a never-enough kind of serving, not making tough decisions because when we're serving for the wrong motives maybe we shouldn't be failure when others don't affirm us enough or failure when we don't think it is enough and yet you can serve out of your identity not out of your insecurity because you know who you are pleasing him is your own only concern you're God's child Because your identity is in Him. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you came from? How many many of us can say we know we came from a mess that was so bad, only God could fix that? A mess that only God could restore and redeem and repurpose for His purposes. When you know that, you love as as it being your greatest interest because your security is found in him. You just want to respond in gratitude. Do you know where you're going? A place where God is the center of it all. Serving becomes this natural response to a God who served you first because your freedom is found in where he is and you're going to be there forever. The question becomes, is Is that true of you? You have to know exactly who you are in order for these three things to be true, this identity and security and freedom. Can you say that? Can you say this morning, I I know without a shadow of a doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I am a person in Christ, or just a person who's trying to figure out who Christ is, or or, uh, I know who he is, uh, but what is this stuff about in him? Can you say that? You see, without knowing that, beyond the shadow of a doubt, well, then you have doubt problems and you've got identity issues. Can you say that I can serve no matter what anybody thinks because I'm absolutely secure in who he says I am? And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Can you serve with the kind of abandon that says, i got nothing to lose. I've only got everything to gain. I'm absolutely free. Well, the application could go a couple of ways this morning. Maybe you have no clue what I'm talking about. Well, I want to get to that in a minute and explain something to you so that you can understand what it would mean to enter into that kind of identity. But I think any one of us could look here uh, look at this this morning and say, well, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I get what you're saying, of course, and I've heard this many, many times before, and I've even read the passage before, but I mean, I wouldn't actually say I was perfectly free and absolutely secure and, and, and never doubt my identity. I find it very comforting that even Jesus, in all of his humanity, learned, we even sang about it this morning, is him being human. Even Jesus in his humanity learned this. Hebrews 5.8 says, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. He learned more of who he was and he could do this because he came to know even more deeply through the circumstances that he walked, where he came from and where he was going. How can I serve with that kind of identity and security and freedom? I can continue to learn about who I am and serve just that much better. I can deepen my understanding as I walk through difficult and uncomfortable circumstances what it means to truly be a child of God, what it means to be one sent by Him and certain of that, and a freedom and an abandon to do this because I know this is only temporary. There's something else in store that is absolutely sure and i am free to act now because of them this event is so uncomfortable for us because jesus christ actually did this and that means i can do it too and i can serve out of the very same truths that he knew No matter how uncomfortable it might be, when you have nothing to lose and everything to gain, who cares? But I don't want this to be just some kind of psychological adjustment. So if you're sitting here and you just figure out that you're a more secure person and you figure out what your identity is and you gain a little freedom, this isn't a psychological adjustment. You simply need to understand, first of all, who you are and now whose you are. And that's what he talks about in the second part of the passage. You can serve because you're clean, he calls you, in verse 10. And that word means without blemish, spotless. It's often translated pure. Let me show you some other places in Scripture where it's used. It's used in Revelation 19 of the bride of Christ, his church. Those who are truly his. They are dressed in fine linen, bright and clean Again, in verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 14, it speaks of the armies of heaven. And the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. This is a description of those who have been cleansed by Christ, made pure in the eyes of the Father. Listen to what Paul says in Titus. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we, having been justified by his grace, might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. That is a person washed clean. Now they could not understand all of this meaning as he said to them in verse 70. You don't realize what I'm doing but later you will understand. But we, oh we can understand because of the subsequent scriptures and all that has come after that. You are cleansed, made pure by Christ when you believe in him but you continue to dirty yourself walking in a filthy world and he continues to cleanse you from that sin that foot washing when you are willing to confess That sin. So John later writes in his epistle if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So the first thing he wants to teach us is what it means to be clean or not, and we're about to come and celebrate a table for the cleansed not those who are cleaning themselves this is a table for the cleansed those who recognize that they cannot cleanse themselves but because of what Christ has done that you couldn't do that's the cross that was substitutionary that was taking your place that blood cleansed you from all unrighteousness. If you will simply agree, that's what confess means, simply agree, admit, repent, recognize that this is who you are and turn to what and whom he wants you to be. Cleansed. This is not a table for the better. This is for the, a table for the blessed who have recognized that this is a work that God has done, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy sufficient in the sacrifice on the cross. That's how you become who Christ wants you to be, in Him. And once you have, then you become capable. And that's what the last verses are. Lead by example, he says. You call me teacher and Lord rightly so. Now that I have washed your feet, you should wash each other's feet. Do as I have done. If I can do this when I am your master, so you can do it to others who you are to serve. My favorite boss of all time was a man who never asked his employers to do anything that he hadn't done or wasn't willing to do. I heard him say it before I ever worked for him. Later, I worked for him and I found it to be true. Remember, he he owned a rental center and and, uh, he could do an awful lot of things uh, for himself because he had all of his own equipment. So he wanted to repave his parking lot. So he shut the place down one day and he was gonna repave the parking lot. So we were all there and we all had our jobs and we were supposed to do this. And I was just, you know, this college kid that was just, you know, work in there, but others worked full time and had worked for this man for years he shows up in his grubbies and the first thing you have to do when you're going to lay down a new piece of asphalt is you have to prepare the old asphalt and so it had been swept already but then there was a solution that had to be put down and he grabs this bucket, uh, this big barrel and he moves it over and he starts to slosh all this stuff down so it can be spread out and those guys were running to whip that mop and broom out of his hand no, 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 you don't do that There wasn't anything that he wouldn't do. And they became loyal servants of his. Well, this is what the Lord has shown us. So why wouldn't we be the same? Is there anything too low for us? He says, follow in obedience. Do as I did. I did as the Father asked me. You do as I demonstrated. And you will be blessed if you do this. So the principle here is you serve because of what he's done, not because of what you think you can do. There's nothing you can't do if he's asked you to do it. When you understand what it means to be cleansed and purified in God's eyes, when you understand his obedience and his example, you can serve because he served you first. You never even consider that your position over another might be some excuse for you to not have to serve or that this has anything to do with you determining what service you are capable or incapable of doing. Now, I know that's all true. That's why I told it to you. But I know where you sit. Because that's where I sit too. So, as we apply this, let me give you some reasons why you don't have to do this. Wouldn't you like that this morning? Since I've kind of taken this passage and just beat you right over the head, and there's nothing that you shouldn't be doing for Jesus, let me give you some reasons why you shouldn't have to do this. After all, he had some reasons why he didn't have to do this. Real practical, he was hungry. You know, he was about to endure the most gruesome thing that any human being ever had to face physically. He needed his vegetables. Don't you think he needed to take a few minutes and kind of get a little sustenance? He could look at these guys and go, oh, my word. It's all right, they're not going to understand until later anyway, so why don't I just eat something right now? He didn't let that stand in the way. He was about to be betrayed. Why should he love his enemy? You know, I even want to know, why didn't he wash the feet after Judas left? They didn't have communion until after Jesus. They didn't really do the Lord's Supper until after Judas left. Yet he served before Judas left. Why should he have to serve his betrayer? The act was humiliating personally. This wasn't pleasant. It isn't a pleasant thought in our day, let alone theirs. You had to deal with the odor, the filth, the personal dignity that was lost in such an act. As I said, no one even dares depict this the way it probably really was. And the act was personal to each person in the room. You know, I love a good illustration, right? And so I would have done one of them and then I would have gotten them. So you see what I'm talking about here? He washed every single one of those men's feet. I, I don't know. I, he had every excuse not to do this, and so do you, really. You know, you have basic needs that must be cared for, right? I mean, come on. You, I have no idea what you're going through. I don't know where you are in your life. Uh, you've got stuff that you're facing, you know. So, uh, I mean, why should you have to, Right? You've been taken advantage of by others. Or maybe you've truly been betrayed. Why should you be reaching out and serving? You know what? I might end up serving the very person who betrayed me. Don't you get it? I'll tell you what, if you can prove to me that that person's not going to be there, okay, then I'll serve somebody else. But, uh you don't need any more humiliating. Maybe you've been humiliated. Maybe you, you've just been in circumstances and situations in which your dignity was totally lost. I'm sorry, I'm not going there again. Or maybe you've done a lot. You've certainly done your share. It's time for someone else to serve. Well... I think those are some pretty good human reasons. So if you want to take those and use them, you go right ahead. You probably have. I know I have. But to do so would be to ignore who you are. Right? You don't have this identity, this security and this freedom in Christ because of anything that you've done. You only have it because of all that he has done, right? Okay. So, serve out of your identity, not your insecurity, which we all have in all of those reasons and many, many more that we can fabricate. Instead, think of who you are. Allow that to drive the way you serve. Oh, it will be uncomfortable. <laughs> he prepared us for this. And it, to fall on any of these excuses would also to deny whose you are. It would be as if to say, I know you cleansed me part of the way, but I'm going to take care of the rest of it. <laughs> no, you're only His because his work was complete and total and sufficient. And you are capable because of what he's done for you. So serve not because of anything that you think you are capable or incapable of doing, but simply because of all that he did for you. I know you know this. I just wanted to remind you Because it's important for us to remember.